Hey everyone, welcome to the Esports Entrepreneurship Podcast. Uh, my name is Leon Cyphers. Um, this is a podcast we meet once a week to talk about our business ventures. Unfortunately, there's only going to be two of us this week, but hopefully everyone will be back and well for next week. Um, but yeah, we meet once a week to talk about our own businesses that we're growing. So we talk about what we've done since the last week, what things have gone well, what things maybe didn't go as well as we hoped. And you know, hopefully we can kind of help each other along the way and give some good advice to help us grow our own brands. Um, but I believe today Zara is going to actually start us off with what he's been doing this week. Yeah, 100%. So uh, welcome. My, my name is Zara, for those who might not know. And I, I work on the business Esports How, which initially was an eSport B2B consultancy, really thriving off of uh, COVID and a lot of the interest in the eSport industry. Now transitioning into more of the educational space. And, and yeah, we're really in the ideation phase of our transition here. So uh, income has definitely been low once I've kind of left the consultancy spot side. But um, I'm thankfully very fortunate to have passive income coming in, which is covering bases. Plus, I'm getting some other income through some other services that I have. And uh, it's pretty exciting. Actually, just to give you some more insight in terms of what I've done. Uh, one thing I've actually done is I've registered for this program because I was speaking to someone through the accelerator program that I am that I'm in about uh, Canadian grants, and apparently I can get if I hire a, an employee or a contractor, which I was already planning to do, uh, I can actually get the government to cover anywhere between fifty to seventy-five percent of their salary, uh, which is a, a massive. So if I'm throwing in like a thousand, I can literally get someone for uh, like a thousand per month. I can get someone for like two thousand five hundred per month or something like that. So. It's it's pretty exciting on that end. So I, I signed up for his, yeah yeah. It, the um the Canadian government has four disciplines in terms of what they kind of give grants to. I, before when I ever heard grants, I was like, whoa, what is this? Like it doesn't make any sense. But it's basically like hiring, research, uh, exports, so international trade, and there's one more discipline that if you're working in any one of those four, it's because the Canadian government can take taxes out of it or they significantly benefit from that economic development, they will pay a significant amount in grants, assuming obviously you apply and you get approved. So um, I actually registered for the guy's um, program that he's doing, which was relatively inexpensive, just a few hundred, just to uh, get in, kind of see what his systems are. And hopefully with that, I'll be able to apply to several grants come 2022 and um, go from there. I mean, I'm still going to hire my writer Q1, which I'm pretty excited about and interested in seeing how that goes. But as per this week, uh, the week started off a little weak. Um, I mean, I, I was working and I was working hard. It was just I wasn't working on what I wanted to. I Because I'm part of the accelerator program and they were closing out, I had to finish my investor pitch. So uh, I finished that up, have a five-minute pitch that I recorded. Everything looks clean. Took some time to set that up and clean stuff out and get feedback and then make another iteration and clean it out. So by the end of mid-Thursday, I would say, uh, the pitch was out and sent out. And then from there, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I kind of got to work on the the book edits. And the book is still in a <laughs> very interesting place, to say the least, in terms of the edits. There's still a lot more I wish I could do. But at this point, I really want to go back to actually building business value. This is definitely not something that's going to bring a tremendous business value in terms of revenue. So, I mean, there's a lot of prestigious value to it. Um, but I think at this point, I wanted to actually do a line-by-line -line edit like I was mentioning to you. I was actually doing it for chapter one and it significantly cleaned up 
uh, like the first few paragraphs that I was doing it for. Uh, but it took so, so long. But it made it so much shorter, so much cleaner, so much nicer uh, that I wish I could do it for the entire book. My book is also very long. Um, and I just don't have the time at this point. Like maybe in the future, because I am going to write more books, maybe like two, three years on the line. I definitely, it's on my agenda sort of thing, my bucket list. So I need to do that. It's just, it, I cannot continue much further with this book. So next week, if not the week after that, I will be continuing to write it out and then I'll launch it to the best of my abilities. Um, I, I have a mentor who's actually helping me in terms of the launch and she pretty much has a proven system to get bestseller. The unfortunate thing is a lot of my traction broke off, obviously, when I was supposed to launch it last month. Um, so I lost a lot of those podcasts. I lost eFuse. Uh, I totally forgot to mention, I'm officially banned on eFuse uh, for no reason. Uh, I know I already talked to you the, talked or told you about this before, yeah. but I think it's because I ended up scheduling six, six months worth of posts. <laughs> and all the posts were just <laughs> memes. <laughs> but they're gamer memes. It makes no sense. I, I I reached out. I haven't heard back from them. I mean, I love I like I like the vision of the platform, and I want to be involved, if, especially if it does grow. But like at first, I was honestly kind of mad. I was like, like this is bullshit. Um, can we swear on Twitch? Um, you can't do like derogatory like things against like race, sex, that kind of stuff. But otherwise, yeah, you can say whatever you want. Do you think it hurts traction at all? Um, probably not. Okay, whatever. I don't. Um, yeah, I don't think most people care. I just like generally don't swear myself. So. Okay, I'm not gonna filter myself then if we don't have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I don't care. Do go for it. Yeah, at, at first I thought. I mean, it, it is pretty bullshit, and I kind of got mad. I was like, they didn't give me a warning. I literally did nothing wrong, unless I did do something wrong. But at least give me a warning. Uh, but then I realized like, like what? Like it's not like. It's not like they couldn't ban me, right? Like, it's their platform. It's like, whatever, it is what it is. The best thing I can do at this point is accept it as it is, reach out again, try to see if I can mend the issue and get my streak back. If not, I'll just make a new platform or I make a new account because it's not like the IP or, uh, like, they didn't even specifically say I got banned, per se. All it says I got blocked by an admin. So, um, but in terms of everything else, I'm, I'm super, super excited for 2022. Which is crazy to say because it felt like two months ago I was saying I was excited for 2021. Um, but 2021 has just been an amazing month for me, personally speaking, for my business, also just for my understanding of stuff. But 2022 is going to be really, really good because that's when I'm really going to build out the boot camp. Um, I'll, pick, I'll obviously have my first contractor that's actually working for the company. It's like, I mean, I've definitely done like subcontracting stuff, but never an actual contractor working for assets in the company. I'm going to do a lot of writing, which is very exciting. The book is going to be out, so there's going to be a lot of opportunities there. I know I'm going to be speaking at many classrooms throughout North America, which is exciting as well. It's just a matter of closing this out, trying to make it as clean and as good as I possibly can in the two weeks, and then shipping it out. But outside of that, the book has just been a massive pain. It's A lot of it is my fault, though, 100%. I made so, so, so many mistakes on so many aspects, on a personal level, on a project manager level, on a planning level, on a, um, on my, like what's on my plate level, um, on a time frame level, like everything on every aspect, everything that kind of could have wrong, wrong and could have got messed up, did go wrong and did go messed up. But this is honestly like one of my first big projects that I've fully shipped out. I've worked on a lot of big projects, but never fully shipped them out to the degree that I am for this. So I'm kind of super happy about that and thrilled about it going live. That's quite a bit. 
Yeah, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> in summary, I got banned at the start. Then I worked on my pitch video. And then at the end, I worked on some of the book stuff. And it's still a big mess. And I did less on the book that I wanted to this week. But I'm yeah. still looking to launch. Yeah. Um, I guess on the banned things, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reserve myself. Because uh, I'm not as big of a fan of EFUs as you are. Um, but yeah, the, the best thing you can do is just reapply. I, I don't think you did anything wrong there, because if they don't want you scheduling your posts that far out in advance, they could just make it not an option. Or so I, I don't know. Hmm? Could have just sent me a warning or, or something. I don't think that, I, I, I hate don't, that so much. The companies do that. I don't think it's per se the fact that I like made that many that uh, for that long. I think the bigger issue was they probably saw it and they saw, wait, this guy post prepared six months worth of uh, posts in two hours. Like he might have oh. used a bot or something. Um, and, and like, this is 100% a manual thing that they picked me out on because of the fact that it was an admin that banned me and it was a few days after I made the streak. So I know for sure, like an admin looked at it. But the, and the worst part is the way their UI is kind of set up. I, I do agree their UI and UX completely sucks. But the way it's kind of set up is in a way where if I, because I was posting pictures only and no text, it would just look like I literally wrote nothing. And then it was just like that back to back to back to back. Um, so like, I don't know what their, what their interface looks like, but it very much could have been like, they see this, like I'm just somehow posting nothing and then just reiterating that for like six months straight. So there, there's a bunch of things that they could have saw it. But the worst part about it is that like, I put a tracker on the email. So I know looked at it at least 20, 30 times during the first two days that I sent it. I, I could upgrade the tracking service I use. I could upgrade it so I can know the IP of the person that opened it. So like I can know how many individuals looked at it. I just don't want to pay the money because it's not worth it. So I don't know per se if those 20 individuals, if that's uh, 10 people looking at it twice, if it was the same person just reopening it or maybe the trick kind of bugged out. But nevertheless, I do know they looked at it a number of times, hoping for, hoping for a reply, but I'm going to follow up uh, Monday and see if they will reply next week. Yeah, uh, so I know we've talked about this a bit before, but the what when you're using the tracking software, are you sending emails from a like a Gmail specifically account? Uh, yeah, it's through the uh, Google Admin Console. So I, I have a paid service with them, and it's through their UI, their servers. Yeah, because I've I've tried getting and doing that myself, um, but my my website hosting and thus my email comes through Microsoft, not Google. I'm sure they're Microsoft trackers um i the, the only ones i've been able to find are the receipts which literally they have to like approve of when they open which is not efficient yeah i wouldn't do that the trackers all they are is it like uh, image id um so like you literally like so you should be able to technically speaking copy it into your file um uh, and like people can't really see the image but the moment the image is open it has to bounce from like a um, like intermediary service. So like it, when I have web, like images on my website, right? The URL is from my website. So technically why I'm assuming it happens is that it basically gets notified when they see it, even though they can't technically see anything. So you should be able to just copy something in there. Um, but it's definitely a game changer to be able to actually see that information, like who opens your emails. There are ways around it. Like Apple recently sent out um, like an update, I think it was two months ago, where now anyone that's checking on their iPhone won't and has the updated uh, iOS won't actually trigger trackers for the most part. But uh, besides them, there's like really no one that's kind of blocking trackers. Yeah, I I could see some like for like spam like being tracked as like spam or something maybe, 
being able to hit it. But otherwise, it seems good. Um, I'm putting another like tab on a one of my browsers to like look into that again. Because uh, I've been like using Outlook for all of my emails, which I like Outlook because I had to use it for years in academia. But yeah, being able to track emails that I've sent out just to see, because that that at least is a clear answer we talked about before about whether or not emails go like directly to spam. Because if I'm sending out like a bunch of emails for like business reasons and none of them are getting opened, it's likely some reason I'm being flagged everything is spam. Yeah, potentially, but, or your subject line isn't attractive enough. But it, to your point, though, yeah, it would be like a lower percentage rather than no one opening it at all. Yeah. Yeah, that data is super critical for you because you can't build a system if you don't know what your results are, right? It's like you hmm. can't, you can't, it's like you don't know what the bottleneck is. When, like your computer example, where we're talking about on stream, like if you don't know where your, where your, um, what your power drive is or what your power supply is and what your motherboard is and what your uh, USB dongle is. Like you don't know which one you should be replacing first unless you actually know what they're doing and how they're interacting. Yep. And yeah, it's that, that at least is problematic to test, but yeah, if I could get the, um, I have to figure out some, I can't find a, I don't think there is a like free because free is important. Um, like outlook tracking software. Um, I might be able to figure out how to like browse my emails through Chrome. I don't know if I can browse like Microsoft emails through Gmail, which would be ideal because I know with Gmail, there's like extensions you can get, which is probably what you use. Yeah, I have a, I have a Chrome extension, but I believe you're able to, I know you're able to log in to Google accounts through Microsoft. So I would be, wouldn't be surprised, um, if you couldn't do the vice versa, but it's kind of wonky. I don't remember exactly if it was like a one-to-one. -one. So like. I, but I do know, like, I can use my Gmail to log into uh, Microsoft's Outlook. Yeah, I have that set up for, like, my casual email. Okay. Um, I'll have to test the other. Can you can you tell me what your extension you're using is, too? That's something you can yeah. get to me later if you don't know it right offhand. I should be able to find it. It's called Email Tracker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can get Pro version, but I just have a free version. Nah, I'm all about free stuff. Screw that. I, I I would the one thing I would say there is I would definitely not uh, disregard paid services depending on what your return on investment is. But I know for you right now, capital is very low, so like everywhere you can save a dollar is nice. But once you do yeah. have a bit to work with, it's always about what's your return on investment. Yeah, and that was something I had to go through. Like when setting up a website, there was a decision like this. You know, costs a certain amount of money per year. Is it worth like? Is it worth like paying that? Is it worth the time it takes for me to figure out how to even like build a website and all the image designs and stuff that went into that? Um, mm -hmm. But that was at least like I think a worthwhile investment. I'm I'm still pretty happy on how the the website turned out. Yeah, the website looks so much better than mine. So, <laughs> which is terrible because my website is literally the heart and soul of my business thus far. But. Yeah, I'd have to I actually I should get on um, Bluehost and see if they're tracking how many people have even stopped by my website. That would be pretty interesting just to see. Do you have Google Analytics attached to your website? I don't remember. I haven't I haven't checked that in a while. If you, I know I had a bunch of stuff that just kind of turned on, but I don't know what all of it is. One thing I know I need to add to my own site is uh, heat tracking software. So I'll definitely have to pay for this, but I, I had I was talking to someone who um, specializes, like their full-time job is UX, so user experience stuff. And they were telling me, I got to get 
user heat tracking like ASAP and really understand my user journey to be able to A, sell them stuff and also keep higher retainment because my bounce rate for my website is like 90%. And bounce, bounce rate being like if someone comes to my site, uh, what do they do next? Are they jumping to another thing? A bounce rate is like when they jump off the page. So having a high bounce rate is bad. Um, but like in the way my website's kind of structured too, it like it makes sense that the bounce rate would be really high because people are just Googling a question, looking for the answer and then jumping off. But if I can reduce that, even by a fair margin, that would make a big difference, especially when it comes to joining the Discord, which I also need to work on getting a better lead uh, process, which I'm thankfully doing. Oh, I forgot to mention this actually. Uh, I got a new guy who is joining us on Esports How, like the server. And he's the um, CMO by title. Um, I can't legally say he's CMO because I'm not paying him and I can't have volunteers, legally speaking. But uh, like, no, like no one gives a shit. Like the government's not going to come. I mean, I guess I'm on record now saying this uh, live, but, <laughs> but like, no, the government won't give a shit. And if they do, we're like, what are they going to do? Fuck a few hundred. It's like, okay, whatever. I'll, <laughs> I'll take my chances there. But yeah, my, my thought with him, which would be really cool, is what I'm thinking is I'm going to get him eventually on contract, even if it's a small contract, but I'll get him on contract so he can put this in work experience and then put him under an NDA. So then I'll make him legally not be able to disclaim how much he's making. So when he goes, because he's, he's currently like in grade 11, so he's like super young. But if he's able to say that he's a, a, the a CMO for a, a corporation, because I'm going to incorporate uh, next, probably next, possibly next year, um, if not the year after that. But like we're definitely going to incorporate before this guy's looking for jobs or whatever. But if he's a CMO for a corporation, even for a time, uh, and, and then that would be really good for him. And it would be a work experience. Like it'd be obviously a paid thing that he can use in work experience. And then if anyone tries to push him for the, you know, obviously money value, I can, he can say, I'm actually under an NDA to respect the contract with this company. I'm not able to disclose that, um, which obviously would perfect, protect him there and give him a really, really good resume item. Like that is amazing to have. So, Yeah, that would actually, yeah. The, um, it sounds like both of you could actually benefit pretty well from that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. I was actually talking to him. He's uh, like, he, his mentality is like the a perfect type of person that I kind of wanted in the first place. That's why I really want to ideally be able to get some revenue in. And this will really depend on how Q1, Q2 go of next year. But if I can get some revenue coming in that I can actually get him on paid contract, like a proper contract, uh, that would be awesome. The issue is he's in Australia. So it's not like I can get government grants to cover that stuff. Which, uh, which, and I know the Canadian currency isn't the best right now. So it's like um, paying anyone outside the country is going to be a pain. So that, that's like the biggest issue that's kind of holding me back from that. But he's, he's super smart in terms of what he's thinking, of the direction that we're going. And I'm excited to see how we kind of build this out. I know he wants to run a ton of events and a ton of giveaways. Kind of, I'm kind of hesitant towards the giveaways. But I think my mentality with him that I'm going to take is really allow him to fail. Uh, if he like do let him let him let him do what he kind of believes in. Like obviously, I'll give him pushback and advice. But if he believes in something, let him do it. And then if it fails, it's all right. But I like as long as there's good communication, then it wouldn't be an issue. And I kind of want it. I want it to also be an experience where he can really grow as well. Obviously, that's kind of the value proposition in our sort of relationship thus far. So is is all the work you're you're looking to like do together going to be on the Discord side of things for you? Is there going to be any interaction with like the website or anything else? 
No. So the website stuff I'm going to fully take care of and the contractor that I'm going to actually hire. So the actual writer, he would obviously, he or she would actually, or they, I, I guess I have to be inclusive. But uh, the point is, is that the person that I do pick up will uh, take care of the writing stuff. Like a, a part of it, I'll be doing a lot of writing Q1. But, um, and I'll be taking care of all the stuff in terms of lead magnets and like building out the website and fixing the UI, anything like that is all on me. But he's going to deal with like any uh, stuff on the Discord and also social media stuff, like any marketing related ventures outside of the website, he's going to have his fingers on right now. So does, would that include any growth into, because you don't do like a whole lot with like Twitter or anything right now. No, no. I don't he, know if you're looking to expand to any like social media or not. Yeah, he, he wants to set up a uh, Twitter and Instagram and possibly a TikTok. And then mm -hmm. the way the way we were kind of discussing it was that uh, because I don't I don't even have a brand's tw Twitter. I don't I don't have a personal Instagram, but I don't have a brand Twitter. My own Twitter is kind of the brand Twitter and same thing for LinkedIn. So what he was saying is that we're going to build a separate one. He's actually reaching out to his own friend for pos possibly being taken on as a GFX guy for some of the stuff that he's working on. But um, but yeah, he will be working on the social media stuff, and I'm interested in seeing if that will get any pull or any traction. And as far as TikTok goes, like because we're going to do live events, we're thinking of recording those events, uploading them to YouTube, and then also he can clip them up and then upload them out to, um, what do you call it? Uh, TikTok. And yeah, I'll probably, what I'll probably end up doing is obviously as a thank you slash to help him out, I might, I know for one thing, I'm probably going to gift him uh, Nitro just because it's not going to be expensive and it would just be helpful. And I'll probably get him to boost the server anyway. So it's like a win-win there, but I'll also like pay for like, because he's not someone that can do clipping. I know he doesn't have that uh, skill set. So I, I might pay for him like a Udemy course or something like that to kind of help him out where like it makes sense where like I'm not paying him like a salary and obviously I won't be able to ever give him a substantial amount to make his time worthwhile in that sense. But giving these other smaller things, I think would kind of help him. And I know a big part, he just wants to do it because he kind of enjoys the esport industry and he wants, like he sees the vision of esport, how just like we all kind of do, like really coming a community together, really building this out, helping each other, helping entrepreneurs, helping people getting into the industry, helping people that are wanting to learn. Uh, so I know that's a big part of it, but if I can help him out in any other ways and really cultivate this relationship, um, that'll be awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that should all be pretty good. I don't, the one social media I don't know as much about is Instagram. And I, it's one of those, I probably should be like giving more effort into it, but I, I don't like, I just don't understand like the ecosystem in it all. Whereas like TikTok we've talked about, I have some like pretty good videos that have done okay, but honestly, yeah, Instagram's its own thing. I don't know any social media very well, just because I, I don't, my, my grievance, grievance with social media, and we don't have to go down this route, is that honestly, like a lot of the times, like the one thing, like one thing I really appreciate, or I guess don't appreciate is like my stuff. Actually, we're not going to go down this route. I don't, I don't okay. want to go down this route. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can go hours on end, but, um. But yeah, for me personally, I'm just looking for the next two weeks, wrapping up this book, and I'll probably be sending you a ton of stuff in terms of the editing stuff that you can just kind of proofread. But um, but this time, I think when I send them out, I'm going to do a lot better in terms of cleaning stuff out. We'll see if I'm actually on that path, but um, really spending the next week or two 
hopefully it's just the next week, but it doesn't look like that's even possible. So it might be the two ne next two weeks. But I know one thing for sure, this book is coming out in November, whether I like it or not. It just has to. It's just way overdue. So, I mean, so that'll be sometime before December 1st then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, time frame sucks because of Boxing Day and uh, Thanksgiving, but it's like, ugh, I have no fucking choice at this point. Boxing Day sounds like a made-up holiday. I don't think it's real. Oh, sorry. Uh, Black Friday. Oh, there you go. Okay, I've heard of that one. Yeah, that's legitimate. Oh, yeah, but Boxing Day is the day after uh, Christmas. It's the... Um, isn't that... Is that just a Canadian thing? I think it's just a Canadian. That's why I was, like, giving you trouble for it. Uh, I've, I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. There's no way this is just a Canadian December thing. December 26th. Yeah. I, I guess it might be because I know Black Friday is an American thing. We only do it because Americans do it, but Yeah, I've heard other like countries have taken on Black Friday, but they don't have the like stampedes of people that like get hurt and have to be hospitalized like Americans. It doesn't sound as much fun. Yeah, uh Black Friday was started in uh I would say two thousand and five and it really actually started to take over culturally around twenty fifteen. But it's not as big. Like, it is a thing now, um, especially since 2015, but it's not as big as, uh, like, Boxing Day is for us. Boxing Day, people would line up, like, very, very early to get in the shop ASAP. And it's always yeah, been Yeah, yeah, the, the first, especially the first day after Christmas, but, like, most of the week, I just don't, don't go to stores. There's going to be so many people trying to go in and get, like, returns and stuff. It's just not worth the effort. Just hermit for a bit. Yeah, fair. I'm actually, what I'm thinking, and I don't know if I'll do this on Boxing Day, I don't know if I'll do this with Christmas sales, but I'm going to probably get a drum set, actually, which I'm kind of excited about. Ooh. Being a Have you ever like done that before, or is it something you're starting? No, never never played an instrument before. Uh, I was actually, it's funny, the, the reason why I'm kind of excited to do this, because I was reading a few studies that were showing people that play drums have a really well-connected are really well organized wiring between the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere of their brain. So, I mean, obviously I want to scale because I think it's cool, but I think because a big, big goal of mine, that's something I like hold very, very dear and I'm very, very cautious of is um, like neuroplasticity because your neuroplasticity really, really hampers down before you're 25 and I'm 20 right now. So like I want to do, I want to research every basic thing and I want to do as many things as possible to make sure my brain is in, as good as it possibly could be for the rest, for the next like 50, 60, 70, how many years I'm going to be alive years uh, by taking advantage of these next five and really like, like I want to spend a lot of time reading the basics of like biology, physics, chemistry, like, like the basics of a lot of different disciplines and also making sure things like, obviously if I can rewire my brain in a positive way by obviously like reducing negative things and also increasing positive things, I think drumming would be one of those kind of skills. Uh, I, that's a very, very big thing that I hold. And that's something I know when I get to like 22, 23 is I'm really going to double down on like improving the social side, improving the understanding of different key disciplines and really making sure I can kind of set myself up uh, as best as possible. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, it sounds like a lot, but I mean, talking over four years, I think it sounds great. Yeah, I've got um, some time. Yeah, even if I'm not, like, using my degree or not anymore, like, I don't regret, like, my education. Like, my time spent studying. Um, and I definitely got some slack from, like, my mentors and some of the people I used to, like, teach with for taking, like, 
because I would take my um, I can't remember what they're called right now, but the off classes like non related to your major. I would take those in like psychology. I took like a biology one, like stuff I did not need to take, but mm-hmm. I just kind of like wanted to to like expand. And I I think the the time spent on that was actually pretty worthwhile. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big big advocate of taking away at least the basic like 80s 80 percent of different like areas and really like taking advantage of it. But I can appreciate uh, some of the sentiments in terms of being very focused on your your key discipline, like where you excel at. But uh, it's just a matter of figuring out what you kind of want, right? Yeah. I, I made sure, like, to take, like, the, the, the classes in my major that related, like, what I was interested in. Like, obviously, you focus on those. Yeah, of um, course. But, yeah, I, I feel like even, like, little bits, just to take, like, a very basic psychology class, a very basic biology. Like, a philosophy would have been great, except philosophy was a joke where I went to school. So, mm. um, yeah, I think, a, like, a legitimate philosophy class would have actually been really good. I think that's something that probably could be taught more often, but I don't personally know enough myself. Yeah. I I, I was going to ask you something, but I don't want to go too much in the woods in terms of this stuff. Uh, let's jump. Let's bounce it back to you. How's everything on your end? Um, I, so I don't know if things have been good or not, but I feel a lot better about what I'm doing right now. That sounds good. Yeah. That's, I, I'm at least feeling better. Um, because so what I what I've been doing the past week um, is I, I kind of like sat down with the whole like what 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 would like be the like premier like opportunity like I could do with with no like restraints or anything what I would like to do. Um, and I really I like the idea of like building a community. I kind of like the the dynamics and like opportunities that come with Twitch. Um, so I've kind of just been focusing a lot the past week, just trying to get to become more of a consistent streamer. So rather than just streaming like whatever evenings I feel like and can, I've been doing a good job of like, and I, I know this isn't like a huge feat, but certain things like even just like getting up before noon every day. Oh, that sounds um, good. Yeah. So getting myself up, I'm trying to get up earlier, which hasn't been good, but I've set an alarm at 10 that I've been really good about like getting up by then. So the goal is like get up at ten if I have time to like eat stream and st- or eat shower and stuff and then stream at eleven every day. I did fail two of those days just because I had like family stuff and I had to go to the health clinic. But yeah, I've done it. It feels really good to at least be like consistently working on something. Um, it's given me a good chance to like socialize with the people that have stopped by. I actually I don't know if you saw the uh, the Twitter post I made because I've been kind of like listening to podcasts. Because that's something I can kind of talk about into when I'm just like like mindlessly like playing a game or something I don't need to focus on. But I posted something on Twitter like I'm looking for podcasts and some of my like friends recommended stuff, but I actually had a solid like 15 or so people I don't even know like advertising their like podcasts and stuff on my Twitter. And a lot of them they didn't like I guess like maybe they need to work on their elevator speech because they're just like hey we do something come listen to it. I'm like I don't even know what this is like. I like I could get banned for this material, but I had yeah just a lot of like random people stop by, so I got some like cool traction and follows with that, and yeah I don't I don't know how effective my time has been used, but just putting myself into a schedule like maintaining it, being up earlier feels pretty good. I think that's a good foundation, and that is a step in the right direction. I wouldn't at that point it does or sorry at this point of the game I wouldn't even think about what's your 
if this is the optimal way to progress, I would say, what is your next step? And that definitely is the next step is like waking up earlier or fixing your sleep schedule in a way that's more controlled and that's actually benefiting you and clocking in more hours, generally speaking. That's definitely the best like next steps. And like doing that maybe the next week or two and just really getting that like a refined habit would be like the big goal um, for sure. In, in the future, I would... The one thing, I, like I, I was mentioning this during your stream as well, the one thing to be careful of, but like right now, I don't think it's a thing to worry about, but to be careful of is what your return on investment on your time is, right? Uh, because yeah. a lot of people, and I've not, I've wrote about this in the book too, uh, a lot of people have a misunderstanding of their, um, of opportunity cost, right? So like opportunity cost, meaning, well, op uh, the term opportunity cost means, um, like when you when you take an opportunity and the looking at what you miss from another opportunity, right? Like if I spent this time talking to you, uh, I could have spent the same time working. So that is a missed opportunity. Or if I spent like a thousand going on a trip, I could have spent that same thousand dollars buying a drum set or, you know, uh, or putting that into the business. Like, like those are missed or that's what is called opportunity costs. So when you miss evaluate opportunity costs, you're investing in something and not realizing what you're actually giving away. Um, I was actually speaking to a mentor or more so of an advisor. I don't know if I'd call him a mentor, but he was mentioning to me that um, you have to be very careful. Like one thing that they do within their business is that we could work as a um, sort of like a marketing sort of brand consultancy thing that would like they have a lot of services with their own staff, right? Like they could um, one thing that they could do is that they have their own staff like one of their guys end up building graphics for one of their clients as a bonus. It's going to cost them literally nothing. Uh, at least for the, the, the consultancy, but then the, the client can feel like they win. So that is a massive win. But the one thing he was saying is like, you have to be careful in that circumstance, that guy that was building the graphics, your own staff could have been using that same time in a different project that could have been yielding a lot more in terms of return uh, on the investment, right? So like figuring out what makes the most sense in terms of your time and what's actually moving the needle. Because remember, I remember the, the video, I know you watched it as well, the one that Fear sent, he made a good point that people stream, like they keep streaming again and again for many hours and they're not getting any traction. But the reason why is because they're not doing, it's almost as if they're not investing that time in anything. Um, because like an hour invested in something that yields, that moves you nowhere further is like as if you were standing still. Like you could have been playing games offline versus online and you would have had the same result sort of thing. So, but I, again, with that all said, I think right now your best bet is to just do this routinely and keep going and keep on streaming, keep on waking up early and keep on streaming. And then once you kind of have this in place, you're like, okay, I feel pretty comfortable in the fact that I can come in at this hour and start working on my business. Then maybe, okay, instead of working on the stream stuff or instead of going live, maybe I'll spend the first hour before I typically go live to work on some marketing ventures or whatever else would actually bring you the ROI. Yeah, I, I think uh, just like focusing on like streaming as a topic, I, I do think a lot of people don't like spend their time very wisely. Um, so I think for a lot of streaming, people just think they're going to like go live and then get a bunch of people and it'll work itself out. But I, I think you need to do like a, like a lot of more marketing, which could either be through like the YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, like various social media stuff. Um, one thing I personally want to work on, and I don't want to get too much because we talked about this last week, is networking again. Um, my little like podcast show that I'm doing with a friend every Tuesday night. Um, he, I'm le he's like leading in charge of like finding people for that, which I'm still trying to like 
connect with people that go on. But we've got um, someone who's like apparently actually a Twitch partner who's going to be joining us this week, which is a pretty good. It's a pretty good opportunity to like get to like meet someone that's like bigger and like more experienced and stuff. So I'm 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 kind of like looking forward to that. What does he do on Twitch? Ah, so here's here's the thing I almost wish you didn't ask. I don't know. Because okay, I it's your first cause, problem. I, I, yeah, because I, I asked my friend about like, oh, can you send me his like Twitter handle for this? Um and he, he's made the comment, he's like, Oh, he doesn't have a Twitter because he's been banned from Twitter. Which makes me a little little bit nervous. Um whatever he does, like obviously like can't be too bad because he wouldn't be on Twitch then, but yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't find out a whole I, he told me his name. I should have written it down because I've forgotten now. I feel like I can't his ask Twitch him name. Again. Yeah, so I could look him up. But I would like yeah, you know, that, that's dumb. You should ask him again. Just okay. uh, say <laughs> what was his name again? Because you won't be able to search him up. Like how are you gonna do your due diligence beforehand and really build out okay, what are you gonna do? What I would potentially look at, um what what I was gonna suggest was possibly looking at what you can do in terms of value that would make him want you to potentially partner with him or stream with him, right? Like, for example, let's say he was a um, Destiny streamer and he had a Discord, a big Discord, and he had nothing on there, really. Uh, you could potentially be like, hey, I run tournaments. I've done this for a long time. I would actually love to run a tournament under your brand for you just to help you out, get some more engagement going. That could be a potential stream. Uh, if not, just something for your server, for your community as a way to give back. I'd love to just do this for free or potentially like I want my company involved and like like you can figure out what the specifics are or maybe you're like I'm close streaming or I'd love to co-host whatever like whatever you want to take from it you can figure that out but making sure your take is very small and making as much value from as possible and that all comes back to figuring out what is he doing what does he want what does he have and where is he lacking that you can possibly be like hey I noticed xyz uh, when I was looking you up I actually think you can do X, uh, ABC. I'd love to actually help you implement it. In fact, I'll do it all because I have experience in it. Uh, yada, yada, yada. That's extremely forward thinking. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's how, that's how you run a consultancy. That's it. You look up people, you figure out what they're doing, you figure out what they're struggling with. Uh, you, then you reach out based on those assumptions. You get on a call and then you solidify your assumptions as long with figuring out a lot more information. That's what a discovery call is. It's like literally I get on a call with people and I, you've been on the call with me with um, Rec, I think their company name was, where basically yeah. you just hammer them with questions. Hammer, 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 hammer. Uh, what do you like? Uh, what is your problems? What is your revenue slow? What is your budget? What is um? What are the issues you're running into? How's COVID affected your business? How how is um you know foot traffic? Are you guys making transition into digital? How's your website doing? What is um what are the issues? Have you seen X Y Z happening in the cultural space? How has that affected you? Like really understanding people's pain points and also what gets them to tick. Um, that is like the really really big thing in terms of figuring out what a company would want and what you can sell them then or, or pitch to them uh, to build that relationship. And like when it comes to selling anything, it, you, there's, there's an element of trust because people only buy things. People do business with people that they like and trust. Um, they know, like, and trust. But those are the th three things. Obviously, when you're in that discussion, they already know you per se. Um, but it's just, it comes back to making that trust. And, and that, that really comes back from letting people feel heard. Like if you just get into a conversation with someone and then you're listening to their problems, 
Um, there's actually a re really, really good principles in the really, really famous book. I'm sure you know about it, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. He, he talks about uh, the fact that if you just get into a call and let a person talk about themselves and all you do is listen, they're going to like you more and trust you more because the fact that they're telling you stuff, they're going to subconsciously um, rationalize why they're telling you it. Um, and to protect themselves, they're going to trust you more because they already told you more, uh, which inevitably will make them tell you even more, um, which is it's a very interesting interesting thing but they're obviously like anything in that book is like a legit beyond belief because of their success that they have with their um i think it was their school institution but also just the book and their programs and everything like that like everything in that book i forgot the author's name dan dale Gar carnegie um i think it was but like it is it is solid solid stuff but 100 percent, if you can just get into a conversation with someone make them feel valued and make them like you um that's a great way to get them to work on your behalf that's really or, interesting. Yeah. And like in our, our dynamic, for example, um, and I've noticed this a lot. Like, I really, really want you to succeed, right? Like, what, what, yeah, what's I happening? I definitely believe that. Yeah. Thank you. What's happening yeah. in our relationship? No, but it's, it's like, and it's hard for me to even, even when I realize this is happening, it's hard for me to distance myself. Um, this is like called the Ben Franklin effect. And it's been shown study after study. Basically, when you're, it's, it's easier to get someone to want to help you if they've already helped you versus if you give them something. So like if you gave me a gift, right? If you wanted me to keep on helping you, the best it's better if I helped you initially and then I just keep helping you versus if you gave me a gift after. Um, and the reason why, I, I don't remember the exact science behind it. I wrote about it in the book too, but it 100% works. Not only for the people that I've helped in the past that I've 100% noticed it within myself, but also a lot of the people that have helped me so far, uh, especially because I'm, I'm younger and I was able to like get people to be like, okay, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Let's help him out. I have so many people in my kind of business sphere, my, like my mentors, advisors, people that just help me for the sake of helping me. And it hundred percent is the fact that they've already helped me and they have like the sunk cost in helping me. So they want to keep helping me. Likewise for you, uh, at least in our, our kind of dynamic when we started out is very much like, I really wanted to make you succeed. So I was able to provide you X, Y, Z, and I want to keep on providing you whatever I could per se. Um, and it's not to say exactly that I have anything to gain from it, but it's just that psychological, like weird monkey brain sort of thing being like, okay, I've already helped this guy. Let's keep on helping him. Let's make sure he succeeds sort of thing. It is weird, but it, it works. It's so, weird. I, I believe, yeah, that, it's one of those, like, it makes sense to think about, but to actually like rationalize it, it's weird. Yeah, hundred percent. Called the Ben Franklin effect, though. There's a lot of studies on it. There's actually a lot of uh, psychological stuff that I was looking into, especially when I started sales, but I brushed up on when I was um, writing the book for the networking chapter, which is kind of in a, a pain. It's probably the hardest chapter to write, and it's the ugliest so far, even though it's the most important. Like, that is by far the biggest chapter that needs to be fleshed out, and it's like, ugh. Yeah, I made it. I've, I'm just making like Google tabs now of like <laughs> things you I should read up on and like look into after this. Awesome. That is great. Yeah, there's a, a great video, actually, the um, through the accelerator that I might send you some of my notes, uh, some of my notes, <laughs> if you know what I mean. But um, that that would actually I, I think if you in terms of networking, he was talking more so in terms of a sales pipeline and building enterpr enterprise 
uh, sales process, but the latter part of his uh, speech was about understanding human nature and doing everything you possibly can to reduce the friction between having a cold prospect, so someone you never talk to, into a relationship and a paying customer that is a long-term customer. Um, so you're doing everything you can, and he went through some key things that I think would be very helpful uh, for you to go through, but, but yeah. Yeah, I've got... I need to just get a notepad I can just scribble stuff down on. Yeah, what I need to do actually, and what I've, at, we've actually discussed this in my other mastermind that I do, because I'm part mm -hmm. of two others, two others now, which it's a lot. But um, I mean, thankfully, the other ones are biweekly. But nevertheless, what we, what we were discussing is that I, what I need to do is I, I need to start taking notes during these calls. Uh, and then, so before the next call, I can actually review the notes and remember what we talked about, uh, which would be super smart. Yeah, that's a good idea as well. Yeah, we also might want to look into some form of accountability sort of thing. I know we kind of like mentioned it at the end. We can still do that, like just mention it at the end. And because if we start taking notes and we'll actually remember and hold each other accountable to like what we kind of committed ourselves to. Oh, okay. When you said accountability, I thought of some like reward punishment system you were going to set up. Oh, no, <laughs> that's a bit complicated. Yeah, I was like, what is he about to suggest? I don't. Every person that doesn't do the commitment has to pay me five dollars per per month. Agree to that. <laughs> we we already do the like last person to show up has to do the intro. That is somewhat of a punishment system. So yeah, that's for sure. I thought I was. I didn't know Fierce wasn't going to show up today. <laughs> I'm just I just going to start jumping in at the beginning of the day. Make sure that's I don't actually get smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no AFK kick, so you're good there. Well, yeah, I actually, so I was looking at the metrics of the server. There is um, someone that has been in the voice channels more than Fierce. He's the third most in the voice channels. And the reason why is because he joined once in a random voice channel and never left for like, I think, oh. for like a full day or something. I was looking, because <laughs> I was looking at the log. You can actually see it too. Uh, someone was in the, vo like, if you look at the voice channel logs or something like that. Uh, because I was looking at the stat bot, we have a Discord um, bot called stat bot. And he basically tells us all the stats in terms of who joined, when they joined, uh, how how many how many people joined per day, per week, how many people text, what times are people messaging, like a ton of great data, right? And because I got the new CMO guy that's gonna build out the server, he wanted to look at that kind of data. So I was looking through it, and I noticed <laughs> there's this one guy that was just in the server for like a full day or something. Darn! Now I feel like I have to beat him. Oh, you're already ahead of him. Uh, it's just fierce that isn't. Oh, darn. Well, I got to at least stay ahead of Fierce then. Or maybe it was, I think, I'd have to double check. It doesn't matter, though. Um, you'll eventually pass him if you didn't already. Um, but yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think, bring it back. I don't think there's a whole lot else I have to, like, really report on. I did already send um, the, my co-host a message just to get his name so I can, like, look up some of his Twitch stuff. Yeah, that's important. I had yeah, I had um one of my viewers because um he I have one of my viewers that was like super consistent in my like my League of Legends tournament. Um, he he suggested there's a um like two shoutcasters like actual like LCS like they do shoutcasting analysis they do their own like weekly podcast and they'll like bring like random guests on to talk about stuff. And he suggested I go on that, so I might 
like take a sec to see what they do and like watch a vod first and i might try to join that i don't know sorry could you repeat that i wasn't paying attention hey okay uh i'm gonna say this faster then okay so recommendation from somebody who used to join my league tournaments a lot there's a podcast i think it's every monday from two people that are like league like lcs like analysts so these are like top gear guys that they'll just like bring on like people who sign up to like talk about like league of legends stuff or like tournaments and what's going on and he suggested you, like reach out to go talk to them do you know what their metrics are um i had it i had it saved i remember i got really mad because they had oh oh my god i can't believe this is okay i remember this because I went and looked at one of their recent videos, and they had somebody named LS on their show. And it's that Korean, like, there's, like, a Korean shoutcaster by the name of LS that we looked at long ago when I was, like, making my website and doing, like, starting my branding stuff. Wow. They had it. I remember I looked this up, and they're like, we have LS on today. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I couldn't believe that. Um, what is the odds? Yeah, that's just crazy. Uh, it's, uh, oh, Travis Gafford. Travis Gafford? I, I, I don't want to believe it's the guy I'm thinking. From, oh. I mean, I think it is. He, I'm trying to remember who his, uh, partner he has on is. Because I, his, I feel a little bit bad for this. I knew his, like, partner more than I know him, but he does, uh, he did a lot of, like, interviews and stuff, was it? Gafford. How do you spell Gafford? Uh, G-A-F-F-O-R-D. O-R-D. Um, yeah, really... if you... Because I know you used to play League. If you see him... There's no way... Him. There's no way... It's his podcast? He does a podcast with... Um, God, I'm wanting to say Mark. Why can't I find a picture of this guy? Well, yeah, he, I know his he's a massive journalist in the esports ecosystem. Yeah, and he just apparently just has a show and brings people on. I wonder how... That would be a very hard show to get on, I believe. I I I agree, but the the guy that was uh, telling me about this says he, they don't have, like, a, like a huge... I guess a huge metric for the people they bring on. Yeah, it's uh the show is Hotline Hotline League. I don't know. I'd have to look at it. But yeah, I mean, I would I would just reach out and try anyway. It's very curious. But the one thing I would say, I don't know what their, I don't look at their metrics. Oh yeah, they're they're pretty, pretty good. I because I've gone through a number of those smaller podcasts, mm -hmm. and I was hoping like. I was hoping to at least get a 1% to 2% conversion rate, right? So, like, from people that have watched it to come to the the um, the um server. And I've gotten zero. Like, literally zero. I've been on six podcasts. Um, some of them, a few hundred. I would say majority of them had a few hundred views. Uh, so, like, nothing big. Not even... I don't think a single one reached a thousand. Uh, I don't know. There's some that I can't really say. So, like, the... Uh, virtual actually a lot of them i can't say because a lot of them are podcast formats so i'm only looking at youtube metrics but i know from the youtube metrics that none of them exceeded a few hundred um the one i might have some chance with is the virtual 
Virtual Motion one, which was really awesome to be on with uh, Crystal Mills, who works at Virtual Motion, which is like an esports platform for stuff uh, in terms of like educational stuff, but just stuff in general in esports. It's a really, really cool platform. I've watched a few videos and one of the guys I think is an investor or a worker, I don't know, but uh, Ben Pfefferman, I know him. I have spoken to him a number of times. He's a great guy. So uh, great to be actually get to work with them, at least on an episode and get on it. But still, I got nothing out of it. So what I've kind of concluded is that although it's fun and it's nice and it's great practice, it was very good to be able to get on and just practice these a few times even before I go on a bigger one. But it definitely didn't yield me any business value. Like there was nothing. And I think a big part of it was also just the fact that I had no pull, right? Like I was saying I have a book, but because they're all, they're all set up in a way where the book launch was supposed to be like a day, either the day before or the day after um the the app comes out so that was going to be like a pull factor obviously where hopefully people would have been like okay i'll I'll actually make the call to action like activity that i'm pitching out but because the call to action activity was go to this link and join the discord server until the book is out which would be out like a few weeks from now um that probably played a factor but still i was hoping I think another part was also a lot of the episodes that I was on. I didn't really push, pitch the book until the end. So that was probably something that hurt. But overall, across the board, what I've realized is I got no business value really out of them. Hmm. I don't. So what would you do? Do you so do you do you think those like those ventures just aren't worth it? Do you think it would be better if you already had your book out or like what could be improved on that? I if, think the. The call to action was weak. That's what I, that's the one thing I've noticed is that I was saying go to this link um, if you want to go to a server and then get to the book, right? Like I don't think that was attractive enough for people to want to do it. Um, but I mean, I was still hoping for maybe a one percent, even a half percent conversion. I got zero people from all the podcast episodes to actually convert. Um, another part was also I think if I like if I emphasize it a bit more for any of the podcast hosts emphasize it i know they all kind of mentioned it because they all know that was kind of the objective of it was to pitch the book but um but besides from that i think obviously reach is another thing but i don't think like even half a percentage point wouldn't would be a bad conversion rate to look for like if i had a thousand people if i had like five people that actually ended up uh going to the server and it's not like you have to pay anything you just have to literally go to the server but um but yeah, that's that was an interesting thing for sure. Yeah. Um are you planning to still go on like podcasts and stuff like after your book launches? Or was this yeah. still, like an entire Okay. Yeah, I definitely am because I think the 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 from a long-term perspective just having videos out with my name on them that I'm talking about esports content would be very beneficial to my career and it's also just good practice right and also once i get on those podcasts once it's a much much easier for me to get back on them like um when i when i went on the the wide world of esports that's the one i went on for the second time the first time i went earlier this year to talk about mobile esports so that was very easy all i did was reach out to Catherine, who i already had the connection with said hey i'd love to come back on she's like she didn't even ask me any questions she's like yeah sure uh we have some availability here and like on virtual motion, the one I went with Crystal Mills, uh, she was mentioning that once the book is out, she'd love to have me back on just to talk about the content of the book. And I know in the future, if I ever wanted, to, if I was ever launching a new book or a new service or something that I wanted to promote, I could, and assuming she grows 
Um, or even if I just want to just come back on, I can reach out. So there definitely is value to doing it. It's just not the return on investment that I expected. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I would, if you haven't, I would, I would take a look at what they did in terms of like advertising and whatnot. So how were they advertising the shows you were going to be on? Or did they do any like post commentary? Like, even if they just had like a, if there was a message, like, thanks for, you know, having this guy on, it would like reinforce, like, this is your name. This is somebody worth following. Um, definitely just, have. Definitely, most okay. people definitely have. So it wasn't. It definitely wasn't about that. And obviously, the, the podcasts were a lot smaller. So I'm curious if a bigger name podcast for say, um, was to take it on, if that would make a difference, because like, because like you know, because like smaller name people, um, like let's say you had a thousand podcasts with people, thirty people in each watching each podcast, then each of those thirty people, it's not like. The people that are running the podcast, like they're necessarily um, heavy consumers, like people that are really fanatic about the person and their advice versus if I went on to one person that had 30,000 views um, or like a, like a few, like a hundred thousand subscribers or something massive. In that case, it might be a high, much higher conversion rate just by the fact that it's some, it's with someone that is bigger and their audience is probably a lot more like, um, willing to support the things that they're doing i don't know it's just a thought but i do think that is a possible explanation as well yeah possibly um i don't know this isn't something i've like really given a whole lot of thought of because i haven't yeah yeah esports is also just an interesting industry where we kind of have industry leaders so like we have we basically have people that everyone else kind of follows um <clears throat> on the business and also just the like the commentary side like that is basically how this industry runs is literally basically you have those you have content creators you have some team owners and some players that basically run the entire culture of the industry and um like i was talking to one of my my friends who actually she works for both an esports team and a tournament organizer which is crazy both uh paid um, i believe one of them's part-time one of them's full-time so she's super busy but she was she was mentioning that too is like if you can get a um, if you can actually get someone that is an industry influencer on board, that would make a difference. But without that, really trying to get anything out in the industry is kind of trouble. Um, which is why I think the boot camp would really benefit. First, I obviously need to run a pilot program and get a high success rate and really nail down what the program is going to be. But once it is there, if I can get a content creator or a team or someone either as an acquisition or as an investor to back it, that would be a game changer. Um, I mean, in fact, that's kind of the prerequisite for this is like I'd, I would need. And that's why you see a lot of content creators partnering with these kind of companies is that they, they need not the content creator doesn't necessarily need them or even possibly want them. They were probably reached out by the company because the company acknowledges how the ecosystem is so, 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 so different than every other industry. It's very, very interesting. Yeah, that. Hmm. I, I feel bad. I wish I could give you like more feedback or ideas on it. If if I come up or like think of anything, I can like message you on Discord. But 
Yeah. I think it, a lot of it comes back to like the thing we were talking about before is like going through it, figuring out what could have been differently, uh, looking at the actual data and then making the changes. Um, and that was actually, I, I don't think you watched the video I sent you though, but that was basically the video and what it was in a nutshell is that every time you do everything, you need a hypothesis, you need control data, you need to activate your hypothesis, look at the results and see if your hypothesis is right or wrong. If it was right, incorporate that into your new controlled and then make a new hypothesis to keep doing that. Keep reiterating until you get the right process or the right service or the right mar product market fit, whatever it is that the application you're doing it on, regardless of if it's marketing, if it's sales, if it's actually building the business, if it's strategy, if it's a new extension, regardless of what it is, you need to set it up in a way where you have data to work with a controlled group hypothesis, testing it and then reiterating uh, and going that process again and again and again. There's nothing you can do in business, especially in this environment, especially in a digital business without data. Like you just need data. Yeah, there, there's not a like, is, like even with like the tournaments and stuff, I felt like so much of what I was doing, I just had to like come up with myself. So a lot of a lot of it's just like testing stuff and being like, oh, this worked. Let's do more or less or yeah, yeah. It's it's so much of just being able like you're pretty you're almost like on your own. Um, I don't know what to say if I'm like on your own as an entrepreneur because it's probably not true for like every endeavor. No. Um, but to some extent, like figure out what works for you specifically is probably a bit different for each person. So maybe that still is a correct statement. Yeah, I mean, like for me personally, I'm in so many different network groups and so many different. I have so many different mentors and advisors. For me, it doesn't feel too much. Like it definitely is an independent venture, but it's not to to that degree, right? Like I have so many ears in my so many, so many mouths to my ears. That doesn't sound right. No. <laughs> <laughs> you get the point. I have so many different yeah. voices coming in, so many different thoughts. And I'm reading a ton of books as well. Not recently, though, because I basically messed up my <laughs> messed up my routine on every level from fitness to health and everything, just trying to get this book out. But I was reading a ton of books where I feel like, and I'm copying a lot of what other successful people are doing as well. So for me, it hasn't felt too, too independent, especially just the paid mentorships that I have and just with the free mentorships, the uh, advisors that I'm, and in fact, I'm for the company, I'm looking to bring an advisory board uh, because, oh, I forgot to mention this. Next week, I have a um, open house event with the pitch investor pitch that I made last week, mm -hmm. and I'm looking to get advisors. So potential would be I might actually be able to build an advisory board. If not through this open house, then I'll probably make it maybe Q3 of next year. But eventually I will have an advisory board of people that have done stuff and basically have it like a BOD, except they're not a BOD. So they're not directors of the company, but they're just advisors. So obviously I'll, I would technically be the director, the only director and executive, but um, I would have advisors as well. That's uh, something... Well Oh, sorry. I, I was just going to say that's something you definitely should have added as well. Something I've learned recently. You need uh, a really, really big asset would be a customer advisory board, uh, a consumer advisory board, because you can have basically people meet every other week or something and be like people that are giving you advice. And when you structure it that way, those people are now going to be long term customers because they're obviously a part of the brand. They have that sunk cost towards the brand, but also, um, it gives them that leeway to actually communicate where you could improve. And that might've been a really big asset for you because those would have been exactly your target audience and the demographic and getting feedback over and over again. Yeah. So you're, you're talking about just bringing on like your, like your customer base or persons in that to be like advisors. 
Yeah, so um, there's a CEO of a company that was in the accelerator program that was talking about this. I think his name was Jeremy Vo. Um, I might be wrong about the name per se, but he was running a company called Shutterstock, which uh, was later acquired by... Oh, no, not Shutterstock. Um, say, I've it? heard of that one. No, Shutterstock, Shutter, Shutterstock acquired their company, so they bought the company. But they so had cool. a... Yeah, he's definitely like a big, big name. So he worked with some big, big venture. But what he was saying was for his company, uh, what they did is that they basically just got customers on a board and you put them on a board so they feel special right and they have like that uh attachment to the brand even if it's the same as just reaching out to people quite randomly is that the prestige of being called it um what do you call it like an advisor uh to the company so that would give them like a they would want to keep that title because it's like prestigious but it gives them that leeway to a obviously they want to support the brand because now they're attached to it more than just being a consumer but also they're able to give you direct feedback and they're not going to have that filter because it's basically their job. Obviously it's not like a job job, but like when they're in that role, it is their role to be honest in terms of feedback and stuff. And that's, it's a very smart idea and something I'm going to actually incorporate for eSports How, at least for the server stuff. I'm going to get the CM, CMO to build that out. But, um, but like doing that would have been very helpful for you, I think, and when you're doing tournament organizing. Yeah, that actually could have worked out really well. Um, yeah, let me, yeah, keep me up to date on that one. Cause I'd be, I'd be interested to hear more cause it, it sounds like it sounds weird, but there's definitely like some prospect to it. Yeah. I was actually asking, I asked them directly, like, are you paying these customers? Cause I assume there must've been some form of compensation, comp, uh, compensation. And we use, he was saying is that, uh, no. And the reason why is because the people you pulled on should believe in the business enough and like the business enough to want to actually just voluntarily support it and be involved in the, the vision, right? So, like, I think in your case, again, because you're running tournaments and you had that, uh, like, tight-knit community that really, like, some people that really, really liked it, I think you could have taken them, put them on, like, kind of that pedestal and be, like, advisors of the company, and uh, that would have helped keep their retention, but also advice in terms of everything from marketing to how the events are being run and what you should be doing differently. Because they would have that sunk cost in that relationship. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, something to, like, yeah, that could have worked out. It's probably, like, a bit too late for that now, but I'll, yeah, uh... just a bit. Yeah, but, I mean, it's still, like, worth keeping in mind in case, no, like, there's no another problem. opportunity to use that in the future. Now I know. Yeah, so I guess to wrap this up here, I keep asking you this. So I don't want to ask it again. I always ask you what's your next steps. Um, you do. I was waiting for you to ask me that. Okay. Um, Let me ask. What are your I next think, steps? Okay. So yeah, like I, I think like what you mentioned, like my, my first like actual priority needs to be like just having a consistent like work schedule. Um, Not just like, not only like just for my band brand, but it's probably just good for me, like as a person to kind mm -hmm. of like organize my life and like help my, well, mental health a little bit. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, we might I I swear, if I if I get on Twitch like tomorrow or Tuesday, because Monday is usually my day off for D D and the audio doesn't work again, I'm gonna be so mad. Um because having access to being able to like actually make clips and highlights again 
is that I relied on the service so much when I was like doing the tournaments and stuff to be able to put stuff on like TikTok and like advertise that way. Um, yeah. So yeah, if that works, I'd like to be able to like do like the afternoon stream and then I can take time in the evening to actually like make the clips post and like schedule those on TikTok and whatever else. YouTube. You should just record our, yeah, you should just record them locally. So I, I do record, I will, so I record them locally when I remember to, because it doesn't automatically record locally. There mm. might be a setting for that, but um, the bigger issue is if I stream from like 11 to four, which is about five hours, I don't want to go back and watch the entire five hour stream to try to remember those moments. Mm. It's a lot easier for Twitch for me to just, there's a button on my dashboard. It says, put a marker here. Okay. And then I can go back to that timeline later and be like, oh, here's where I put markers and I know to go back and make clips in those sections. Got it. I could like save locally and do like a pen and paper, like for what the timestamp is. That takes a lot more time and actually takes me away from focusing on what I'm doing at the moment, but it could work. Yeah, that... I, that, that might be an alternative. I guess you would really have to see. If it doesn't work, then, I mean, you have no other choice, right? Like, that that would work out well. But hopefully yeah, it works that, on Twitch. Yeah, that needs to be my, like, secondary step, is to actually, like, get, like, like establish myself for myself, not for, like, the brand or for anyone else. Like, get me grounded. Um, And then, yeah, start, like, advertising and, like, figuring out how to network. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I I made notes like some of them on here that you mentioned that gave me ideas for reaching out. It feels a little weird to like reach out about tournaments because I'm not sure if that's even the direction I'm going anymore. But I might still find some opportunity to bring that in as a way to just grow my brand and get awareness. Because even just getting like awareness, like even if it's just like followers or something would still be really great. That's still in its own way really helpful. Yeah, I, I for you like like you mentioned like I mean as a solopreneur, your health and um your mental health, your physical health, all that stuff is literally your business because that is because if you're a solopreneur, that is you are the business per se. Uh, like mm -hmm. if you're not there, nothing's moving. So that is num that is priority number one. And then like you're mentioning, I think um I wouldn't even worry about the networking. For the rest of Q4, I would actually spend that time once you do like clean yourself up a bit is like, what is the problem I'm trying to solve? What is it that I'm trying to build? What is it that the community needs or that I want to build or that I see, that I think I could actually create some value for someone else? Um, that's something like, for example, when I was building the bootcamp idea and even when I built Esports How as a blog, the reason I built it out is because I spent the first two years trying to incorporate my business, Soliac Association. And I couldn't incorporate it because I didn't know how business teams made money. I don't know how tournament organizers made money. When I ran my first tournament, I didn't know how they ran tournaments. I didn't know what to do. I made so many mistakes. I was like, okay, there's clearly a problem here. There's no information. There's a need because I was the person who needed this. So I built it and it ended up becoming extremely popular. I did not expect it to blow up the way it did. Likewise, when it came to this bootcamp idea, I went through the first post-secondary program. So I know the alternative. I know the competitors. I know what they're doing. And I know everyone that's going into that program, at least at the moment, is not getting a job. Uh, at least a good portion of people aren't getting a job, which is why the bootcamp, something that actually guarantees a job and is a much more accelerated, a lot more efficient, is the way I want to go. 
Um, and obviously with the great resignation and like everyone looking to actually make career transitions into what they love rather than what they need to do. Like it's clearly obvious that this kind of business model is a need in the marketplace. But I think mm -hmm. for you is really coming back and being like, okay, what is the value I'm trying to create or what is the problem? Excuse me. What is the problem I'm trying to solve that I can in like, and create the solution obviously to be it. So it might be like before your solution, your problem was tournaments, right? And like creating a tournament specifically for like 1v1s because there was no one really doing those 1v1s and then Valorant 1v1s because no one was doing Valorant 1v1s. Um, mm. But then obviously that kind of fell through just with everything that's going on. So maybe it comes back to the drawing board. It's like, what problem is there that I could solve that I can create a business around? Okay. I already made a note of what you said. Yeah, because right now networking, like like you mentioned, it's weird. Like you're mentioning, it's weird to reach out if you're not really doing tournament organizing. It's also hard to determine who you're networking with if you don't know what you want. And that that is a good thing at in, in times, right? Like networking for the sake of networking, I'm I'm a fan of because your network is really your net worth and having relationships in place, especially if you know you're in the realm of esports or the realm of content creation, having those connections anyways, even if it's not directly useful now, would be useful two, three steps down the line, especially if you provided them value and there's that relationship there where you can reach out being like, hey, I'd actually like to do X, Y, Z with you after we had that conversation maybe a year ago or whatever. Uh, like that's a lot better than a cold prospect. But for you, I think your biggest ROI will come back to, okay, what am I actually doing? Uh, what is it that I want to do? What can actually work? And what is the direction from here? Rather than taking actions, I think it's planning what's going to help you. Okay. Yeah, I'll... Um... Yeah, I... Yeah, when you when you talk about, like, what am I planning and stuff, I still feel like... Like, like I had like a, this like stack of papers like my pen, and I feel like I just dropped everything, and now it's like I don't even know what page to start on. Like I don't, I don't know like where I'm at or what I should be doing. I'm kind of just doing, yeah. which is better than nothing, and being depressed. But and I, a good thing that might be something worth, it might not be, it might be worth considering though, because you've been doing a lot of tournament organizing, right? Mm -hmm. Actually, a business venture that I really wanted to pursue, but I just never had the capital or experience or even the willingness to pursue it, uh, was actually building out a software or some system that makes it very easy for tournament organizers to build out a tournament, right? Because you've done so many tournaments, right? Well, you, but you've ran into issues. My, my, my initial point was going to be you ran into issues, right? As a tournament organizer, as a streamer, um, and there's a lot of tournament organizers, there's a lot of streamers, like that is something you can potentially monetize uh, by solving an issue within that realm that you have a lot of experience in. So thinking about back to like, what really was your pain points or some of the issues that you ran into? And can you create a solution for those problems that you could monetize, right? Like that might be the angle you go. And in terms of the tournament organizer tool that I was referring to, because I did a lot of live events, right? But every time I'd build an event, I would have to build out these specific brackets because I had restrictions in terms of the computer. I had restrictions in terms of venue. I had restrictions in terms of uh, the games and seating and um, like, like everything there. If there was a specific tool where I could basically say I have 30 players, I have five computers, I have um, this much hours, um, 
and we're gonna do we're gonna have to take a break at this specific time frame what can i do uh how do i set these tournament what are all the options what are all the options in terms of formatting what are all the options in terms of layouts so the time frames what are the all the options with the players at what time they're seated where and how that's all going to work like if there was a digital tool like that and i would even make it a freemium model potentially just leave it on a um, website and people can literally just insert it and they would use it every time because when i did grassroots tournaments and like i i when I was the president of uh, a gaming club at Lambton College, every every week that we would run an event, I would have to do that by scratch, like every single time. So that is a very big problem that I know 100%. If I made a tool for that, that would solve issues at the very least on the collegiate level across the board. Uh, because there's a bunch of collegiate uh, colleges that are now doing obviously in-house tournaments, but it not only would it help them, but there would be opportunities to work with bigger companies as well and incorporate this software to take away a lot of um, human resources that they're investing when they could have just paid for a service that would take away that and make it all automated. Yeah, because even um, when I was doing like the tournaments through Battlefy, which I, I think Battlefy is still the biggest tournament platform. It, maybe it's not, but it's one of the bigger ones at least. Their their bracket software is just awful. Um, and I even did try playing around with um, Hammerfest Smash or Challenge that gets used a lot, but it's another one. There's just so many like restrictions to it. Um, that would that would be a huge like a lot of that would just be like program development. Yeah, um, which sure. my programming. Yeah, my programming is like industrial, but, but that's at that's least a better I... start than most people have. That's why you take a, a business partner on board, right? Like if, if that is something you want to go go on, you're you're probably the business guy or maybe the marketing guy. Um, and your colleague is the or you're, maybe you're the brain, you're the passion, you're the industry experience guy. And your colleague is the programmer. And that's what I was actually going to do with a friend. But I was I, I was kind of juggling stuff at the time and it fell through. But that was actually something we were supposed to build for esports how in like 2019. So this was a long time ago that we were actually discussing to do this. But um, like, but my, my point with all this is that you definitely ran into issues um, where you, you, there will be things that you could potentially create to resolve those issues for others that are probably running into that issue as well. Um, but if you actually do consider pursuing the thing I mentioned, like I think even for um, like online tournaments, if you can insert, I'm expecting 30 players um, and like literally having all the formattings and all the options and especially if you're streaming it right like it literally tells you which key games you should stream at what point in time uh, because these are the players that you didn't get or if you have the actual rankings of the players that it can like let's say you get the uh, League of Legends API and you always want to stream the games with the closest ranking people you can literally set it up in that way like making a software as precise as possible for tournament organizers because there's so many tournaments across the grassroots scene, especially across the collegiate scene. That would be my primary market if I ran this business, would be collegiate, reaching out to all these colleges and getting them incorporated with the software and using it uh, for their students and making it like an industry standard thing. I can definitely see it taken off. You would have to patent your, or not patent, you would have to copyright or... I think it's copyright. Yeah, you would copyright your technology, which is all the code. Um, and the ideal situation is if you can really disrupt the industry in a way, uh, and you obviously have some really solid code because that's what the company is. It's like ideally someone would acquire you, right? Like a bigger uh, company. It might be a Battlefy because they're running, running, they're already running those kind of platforms. It might be a different server-based uh, company within the industry. But I hundred percent can see this actually taking off. There, you would have to do more market research for sure. 
uh, to make sure there's a market um, product market fit, but there's definitely an opportunity here. Yeah, I know I complained about like those kinds of restrictions so much. They're just awful. Like at certain times, it's like, like if I wasn't live streaming the tournament, I'd have just dropped it because of little like you can't do this for yeah. no reason kind of thing. Exactly. Things. You are the domain expert. Uh, you literally know what you want. And again, when you build this out, you would have you would want a call with 50, 60, 70 people. And like the eSport How Discord server is like the perfect place to do it. Uh, but you would want calls with, or you would, you would just reach out to a bunch of different tournament organizers. Literally get a 30-minute 30, 30 call, ask them a bunch of questions, what their pain points are, what they like, what they would want, how much would they pay for this, uh, what, what kind of services do they want, what are they running into right now that they're uh, have struggling with, what services are they using right now, like asking those questions. Do that with 70 people. You have a really good idea of what people generally are struggling with, what generally people want, and what the business opportunity really is. Um, and I, 100%, if you can actually get something here, you 100% will be able to get investors just because there's so, so much money on the investment side for esports. It's insane. There are so, so many investors that want to get into this realm um, that, again, if you do go down this route, which I'm obviously pushing it because I like it personally. It's something I really, really wanted to do. And in fact, I was supposed to do two years ago that I just haven't done and I'm going in a different direction. Uh, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I'm going to make a note. I've got so many notes now from this. Uh, I, I need to. <laughs> uh, oh, actually, one more thing I forgot to mention. To... Oh, sorry. Okay. Nope. I was Go just going to say, just on a personal note, I actually paid for this service. Um, I, I'm trying it out for the first time. I know I mentioned this before. I'm part of this co-working space, online co-working space, and it really has increased my productivity being a part of it. But they have this new upsell that they're trying in beta that is um, it's, it's pretty expensive. It's like $19 a week, but um, it's going to be up to $50 a week because uh, it's currently in beta. So um, so it's very, very expensive service. Uh, clearly not targeted people like me. It's clearly targeted towards like computer scientists and people that have a lot more money to spend. But because I'm in the beta and I like the service, I'm going to try it out. Nevertheless, what it's basically going to do is you just have a accountability call 30 minutes at the start of each day. So I'm very curious to see how it works um, because I think I think it, if, if it could make a difference, if it's worth the price that they're putting on it, then I think I could gain a tremendous amount of value from it. But if not, then I'll let you guys know and I'll keep you updated there. Yeah, I could uh, I could see people doing that. I think especially for like, what do you call it, me, a solo per solopreneur mm -hmm. i never heard that one before yeah that would be really good because even just like talking to you like once a week is super helpful and we we will like send like messages more than once a week but yeah that's, yeah that's... If i was trying to do everything on my own i get even less done <laughs> that's the nice thing about the co-working space right like it's a lot of fun i i i'm obviously one of the the guides in the thing right but every time basically you have a 50 minute work sprint where everyone's quiet and you just work but then you have five minutes at the end and then five minutes at the start. So it's basically, basically like a 10-minute break. Um, and you got to talk to people and ask them about their days. And it's like, because you're working for like 40 hours, 50 hours a week, 50, 60 hours a week. And you literally, like I'm here in my room all day. So it's like nice to actually have that. Um, it also makes working so much easier. It is so much easier to work when you have your camera on and it subconsciously feels like someone's watching you. Uh, that sounds weird, but it, it really, really works. Like um, not not to sell not to pitch the service per se, although I really like it. 
Um, my point is, is that it's a great service, so I'm interested in seeing how the accountability part, so this new upsell is going to be. Oh yeah, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna like advertise it, you know, get that affiliate stuff in. But... Yeah, I actually do have an affiliate link. Oh, you? <laughs> yeah. So Definitely. if anyone anyone's listening and wants to try it out, go to esporthow.com/slash focusblock. F O C U S B L O C K S. That's F O. <laughs> I'm not gonna go again, <laughs> but yeah, I do actually have an affiliate link, and that is my affiliate link. If you use that URL, um, it's the affiliate is pretty good. But, um, yeah, you you you've talked about it several times to me before, and you've always seemed really excited about it. Yeah, I love it. I, I'm probably one of their most active. Uh, actually, I am because they have this actual leaderboard, so you can compare yourself to others. I've definitely clocked in. I'm always the top five people, and they have. A, I think they have like 300 people in that service. I might be off in the number. I don't know the specifics, but um, I believe it's maybe 300. I wouldn't know. I don't know where I'm even getting the 300 number from. I just re remember someone saying 300 at one point, but um, but nevertheless, uh, yeah, it's a it's a great great service, uh, and I I use it so much. But that still hasn't helped me finish this stupid book. So that is my co commitment for this uh, week. In in fact, the next two weeks, the plan is a book will be out. So that is my kind of accountability commitment I'm making to you. And I know for you, you mentioned you're doing some focusing on maintaining the personal health stuff. And then uh, I know you mentioned networking, but are you going to, after what we discussed? I, I'm going to, I think I'm going to throw out two emails Okay. Um, to some streamers that I've, I, I'm not like, I wouldn't say I was ever friends with them, but I had like networked and like talked to them several times. I don't know if I'd say they're great connections, but I might I might send something out and just see, because I know one of them still plays League on stream. So, yeah, that's I I like that you quantified it very specific. So, two connections sent out. I'll write this down actually. Oh no. <laughs> two connections. Oh, I do remember what my commitment was now, and uh, personal health. Give me a second. My my commitment actually was I remember last time we had a call I was saying I was playing video games. <laughs> oh yeah, days. it was Minecraft. Yeah, yeah. So I, I stopped uh, just the the day that or at least I stopped earlier that day. Anyways, that wasn't an issue. Um, I think I think a large reason why is this accountability call for sure, like getting recentered. And another part was definitely focus blocks. Um, that service just getting obviously in that group and it's like you don't really have a choice. Um, but also it's just the fact that I think I, I definitely was addicted to the moment I picked it up, but I think I'm a lot better now in terms of not getting attached. Actually, I think that's a lie. I think it was hundred percent this call and focus blocks. I don't think it was a personal thing. I think my crutches, my systems that I have in place have been better than the systems I've had in place before. Therefore, it was a lot easier to just withdraw. Sometimes I would go months on end if I would touch something like a game. I'm pretty sure I did that earlier this year. I literally touched League. Then I lost two months out of nowhere. Oh, <laughs> that was that was something. Yeah, League is both a terrible and a great game at the same time. Yeah, League is the antagonist of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is. It. I think. Oh wow, we went really over time. We did go way over time, despite only having two of us today. <laughs> yeah, but this was good. I think. I think it was very helpful for me to think about stuff, and hopefully that was helpful for you as well. In terms mm -hmm. of some of that stuff but yeah we'll we'll call it a wrap here
Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, I will talk to you soon. Take care. Yeah, you too. See ya.